Hi, I'm Ben from Internachi. That's the International Association of Certified Home Inspectors. And I'm going to tell you in this short video how to look for problems in your house. And this is if you are a homeowner, a home buyer, a home seller, or an investor. And I'll also tell you right now what those problems are likely going to be because we have data. And because one problem is related to another, when you find a problem, you've actually found two or more. But first, let me teach you a few things about how to find problems in your house. And then we'll apply that knowledge to a recent home inspection that I performed in San Francisco. Sound like fun? Okay. Not every house has problems, but some do. And that's why every home should be inspected every year. And it takes about four hours for a certified home inspector to check a house. What problems should you look for? Well, let me tell you what problems you're likely going to find if you look for them, because we have data. Out of the 130 million homes in the United States, 14 million homes have signs of mice, rats, and cockroaches seen within the last 12 months. 1,700,000 homes have actual holes, holes in the floors. One and a half million homes have holes in the roof. You can imagine rain coming right through the roof and right through the floor. 10 million homes have water leaks coming from clogged drains, leaking pipes, or broken water heaters. Almost 7 million homes have some kind of roof leak, an active water leak coming from the roof system. 1.2 million homes have one toilet that is not flushing, and 700,000 homes with sewer drain lines that were clogged for more than six hours. 10 million homes have electrical problems with breakers tripping off within the last three months. And 3.4 million homes right now have defective heating systems. That's a lot of problems. Now we have over 4 million homes with signs of mold growth seen inside the home within the past 12 months. Boy, that's mice, leaks, mold, oh my. Again, most homes don't have major defects, but some do. And people in the United States spend about 70% of their lives inside their home and almost 20% inside a school or a commercial building. So these numbers suggest that the condition of a home or building is a primary factor in a person's overall health. So if your home has problems, your health may be suffering too. Scientific evidence demonstrates a solid relationship between housing and human health. Housing conditions are associated with a wide range of health issues, including injuries due to accidents, like falling through a hole in the floor, respiratory illnesses such as asthma, maybe from mold growth, lead poisoning, maybe from a roof leak, um, damaging the interior paint surfaces that may have lead content in them, and even cancer, maybe from radon gas. The condition of your home impacts your health. 
And we're not just talking about homes in obvious, dilapidated, or poor condition, like this major structural crack above this blue door. Let's consider how the age of a house relates to the likelihood of finding evidence of house problems and deficiencies. So, a newly built home in 2009, not too long ago, a newly built home in 2009 probably has several major deficiencies simply because the building codes and construction standards have improved since then. For example, let's say you purchased a home in San Francisco that was built in 2009. It's a brand new home, less than 10 years ago when this video was produced. In 2009, the requirement for ceiling insulation, that's insulation in the ceiling of the top floor of the house. So let's say it's a second floor bedroom, the drywall plaster is above your head, the ceiling in the attic space, that's the ceiling insulation, was a minimum of R30. And for framed wall insulation, it was R13. Well, that R30 also means a certain thickness of the insulation. So if it was fiberglass insulation, R30 is about 10 inches thick, for example. So those minimum R values were increased in 2018, from 2009 newly built home to 2018, to R38 and R20 respectively. That's an increase of about 21%, 21% in the insulation requirements in San Francisco's climate zone. So homes built in San Francisco less than 10 years ago likely have some kind of deficiency in some systems simply because construction standards have changed. And when one system in a house, like the ceiling insulation, is deficient, other systems are affected. And that's because a house is a system of interdependent parts, where one part affects other parts of a home. So if you look for problems in a house and you find one, you've actually found two or more. In every house, there are mechanical parts, like a heating system. And there are physical parts, like ceiling insulation. The operation of one part affects other parts. And when they all work together, the house is comfortable, safe, efficient, and durable. If we can approach understanding a house as a system of interactive, interdependent parts, we can avoid creating health and safety issues, and we may be able to save home energy as well. For example, if you find that a house you're about to purchase has a defective furnace, and remember, there's a, millions of them. Replacing the furnace is direct, directly related to the thickness of the ceiling insulation. Replacing the furnace is related to the ceiling ins insulation. How can that be? Well, one system affects another system. Let's say you look into the attic, because you're looking for problems in your house, and you notice that the ceiling insulation is a little thin. Adding insulation along with ceiling air leaks in a home reduces the heating and cooling costs in that house. It's like wearing a wool hat. You add insulation and you don't have to generate as much heat anymore because you've added insulation. That means you can purchase a smaller furnace 
and one that's more energy efficient. That's how two systems are related to each other. And the good news is that most physical and mechanical problems and hazards in a house are totally preventable. And it starts with inspecting the home. A healthy home provides a safe and healthy environment for you, the people you love, your friends, your family, and even your pets. Here's what to look for when purchasing a home, a home that is healthy. A healthy home should be dry, clean, safe, pest-free, free of contaminants, well-ventilated and well-maintained, and thermally controlled. A healthy community starts with a healthy home. And to help determine the health of a home, there are a few things to look for and do. Let's go over them. Inspectorseek.com. Well, a home inspection should be a part of a homeowner's routine home maintenance plan. So contact your local home inspector and get your home inspected. Visit inspectorseek.com. A home inspection should be a part of a homeowner's routine home maintenance plan. We need to keep our homes healthy, and it starts with looking around your house, checking the systems and components, and determining their condition. So let's say you're purchasing a home, and you want to check that home yourself. Here's what to look for. Here's something you don't want to see in your home that you're about to purchase. I uh, just threw that slide in there just to see if you're paying attention. Now there are obvious things that you don't want to see, like a lot of holes in the walls. But there are a lot of not so obvious things you want to check for. Water. Water brings life, but it can also destroy. So I'm a certified professional inspector through Internachi. And when I inspect a house, I start outside and I think about water and how it moves and flows, especially during a rainstorm. Nothing on a house, on the exterior of the house, is actually waterproof. It's only water resistant. So if you have a sloped shingle, asphalt shingle roof, it's not a waterproof system. It's water resistant. Water hits the asphalt shingles that are sloped and the, the water is shed away. It's designed to shed and divert water away and drain that water down the side somehow in a controlled manner and away from the house foundation. A house is not like a nice waterproof insulated jacket from one of my favorite clothing stores. A house exterior is water resistant. It's not designed to be waterproof. So think about how rainwater, even if you're in a semi-arid climate like I am in Colorado, I live in Colorado, semi-arid where I am. So when we have a rainstorm, it's significant. So during a rainstorm is a good time, without any lightning, to look at how water hits the building and is controlled. It should hit the roof and be collected by gutters, controlled down to the ground with downspouts, where the downspouts are diverting that water away and splashing it away. And the ground should be sloped away on all sides of the house. Ideally, 
the first 10 feet from your house should drop about six inches. So it should be sloped away to get that water away from the house. There could also be swales, um, dips in the ground further away from your house just to control water that comes around, some surface water that can be controlled around your house. Here's an illustration that InterNACHI provides to home inspectors to train them on how to look at a wall system and see if it's shedding or diverting water away. As you can tell, if you look up close, there are a lot of open spaces. And if, if those open spaces aren't designed properly with flashing in the right way, well, water can easily go in. But as you can see, it seems like it's all sloped away and flashed away in a series of layers that kicks that water away from the house. If you grab that illustration and turn it upside down and allow, imagine rainwater to come down that side of the house, you can see all those open areas are, are prone to water penetration, right? So flip it backwards. This gives you an idea of how a wall could be installed properly to divert that water away. Water should be shed away and diverted away from a house exterior and a house foundation. But let's say it does come in to the house. Well, what do you look for? It's usually in the lower part of the house. If you have a crawl space or basement, that's where you go. If you're on a, a slab on grade, well, you go down to the baseboard or the floor and you look for water that comes through cracks, rot on the bottom of a wood post, look for water stains, peeling or flaking paint, mold on the wall behind some storage, wood rot on the baseboard, water, water stains, water puddles on the floor, water stains on stored items on the floor, rust on the bottom of a metal post, rust on the, on the bottom of a metal jacket of an appliance. Those are some of the things you could look for. But not all signs of water on the inside of the house is coming from the outside. It could be a condensation problem, interior humidity level, or inadequate interior ventilation. There are many types of sources of interior water vapor and humidity, like cooking. Uh, breathing introduces water vapor. Watering plants. Um, washing your clothes. Drying your clothes. Showering. Washing the dishes, etc. Now, check the water on the inside of the house at all the fixtures. So go to the bathroom or bathrooms and turn all the fixtures on. Hot and cold, look at the drain pipe, look at the water supply lines, the water valves. If you rub the bottom of a water valve with your dry hand, and if you see a watermark, that valve is dripping. Um, same thing with the pipe underneath. Turn on the tub and the shower, divert water up to the shower, hot and cold, and take a look around. Also, there are other safety devices in the bathroom, like the light fixture, the fan helps with ventilation and exhausting that humid air outside. And there's a GFCI receptacle. That's where you plug in things, that wall receptacle. And there should be a GFCI protection. If you don't know what that is, that's okay. Just hire a home inspector to check. Also, you could check the toilet when you flush the toilet, running water at all the fixtures. Um, use the side of your leg to move the toilet. It shouldn't move very much. Be gentle. Um, 
if the toilet wobbles very easily with the side of your leg, that could be a problem with the wax seal or connection between the porcelain toilet and the drain pipe. There's a space in the wall there. And if it opens up because it's wobbly, you could have water draining where you don't want to. On the inside, there are many things to look for, but signs of major structural settlement is primary, is a, is a good concern to look for evidence of that. And here's what to look for. It's a pretty easy trick. You go to an interior door and you look at how the square door, if it hasn't been, been trimmed or, or shaved, if it's still square, look how the square door meets the frame, the opening of the door, the door frame. If it's tight on one end and open on the other, and the door is still square, um, that could be an indication of some kind of settlement. Structural failure in a wall is very difficult to diagnose, but there are some general signs, rule of thumb, is if the wall is leaning over, um, that could be an indication of a problem. So, Imagine that the wall, standing plumb, which means straight up and down, has a center of gravity, and the wall starts to lean over. Well, if that center of gravity comes to the borderline of the wall, the bottom of the wall, well, it's a bit unstable, right? And it, if, it, if that center line, plumb line, goes beyond the bottom of the wall, well, it's unstable. It could lean over like this, like a retaining wall, or it could bulge in as if the um, basement wall, foundation wall, is being pushed by um, some kind of pressure from the ground. And there are many cracks that you could look for. Foundation walls, if there's a structural problem, sometimes they could be pushed in. Like a horizontal crack high in the wall could be maybe from a climate zone that has um, frozen ground in the wintertime, and that frost will heave and push on the foundation wall. Or maybe when the house was being newly built, they were backfilling in the dirt and pushed a little bit too hard on the foundation wall. Maybe there's some kind of settlement from below and a, a concrete floor being pushed upwards will crack. Um, a vertical crack could come from hydrostatic pressure, which is um, water pushing on the foundation wall from outside to inwards. And sometimes the, the shape and location of the crack um, and the direction of the crack could indicate what's going on. It's very difficult to diagnose a crack source of the crack. If it's open on the inside and closed on the outside, um, it could be an indication of a force from the outside pushing inwards, like moisture-saturated soil. Cracks could come from settlement, maybe some poor load-bearing capacity soil, where the soil actually just settles and the foundation cracks with it. And concrete tends to shrink when it dries and cures, and sometimes it cracks as well. Shrinkage cracks aren't typically um, a major structural problem, but they should be observed. Sometimes when you have a shrinkage crack or uh, any kind of crack, there could be water penetration. And um, there are epoxies, structural epoxies, glue, that could be used to um, seal up that crack. The pick test. If you pick wood, 
you could tell if it's sound or decayed. So if you knock on it, it should sound like knocking on a front door. Um, that has a, a really nice sound or a common sound. But if it sounds a bit thuddy, boom, boom, it could be waterlogged or rotten or deteriorated in some way. Also, if you pick it at it, let's say you get a, a screwdriver or a pick of some kind, a tool, and you pick at the wood. If you pick at it and the wood splinters along the grain and it cracks, it's probably sound. If it breaks um, across the grain in little chunks, it could be decayed. And let's just take a system like a hot water tank. A system has many parts to it. If you don't know how to identify each part of the system, you may not be able to determine whether or not that system has a problem or not. So hiring a home inspector, again, who knows all the parts to a system uh, might be a good idea. So if you look at this illustration and you're unsure about most of those things, um, it's probably a good idea to either get some knowledge or hire a, a certified home inspector. And he or she will take a look at every part of the system and make sure it's, it's um, in good shape. There are also some things that a homeowner can check on their own that's related to safety, and they're called AFCIs and GFCIs. Um, AFCIs stand for arc fault circuit interrupter. GFCIs stand for ground fault circuit interrupter. There's, they're similar but different, and they're located in different places. But they're designed to protect you from getting shocked at a wall receptacle. So water and electricity do not mix. So all of your kitchen counter wall receptacles, plugs, should be protected by a GFCI device, a device that turns off the electricity if it senses that you're getting shocked. There's that type of protection in the bathrooms, in the garage, on the outside, on your deck, and also there are a similar type of device, arc fault circuit interrupters, in your bedrooms and uh, the interior rooms. And those could be checked by a home inspector. And to check your heating and cooling system, well, use normal operating controls, and that's your thermostat. Um, turn the heating system on, turn it off, turn the cooling system on, turn it off, make sure it changes the temperature. Um, many home inspectors will measure the temperature difference, called a delta T. Check your thermostat. If it looks like this, an old thermostat, manual thermostat, no automatic features, consider replacing the thermostat. For $150, $250, you can get a high um, energy efficient um, modern thermostat that helps you save energy. And within a year or so, um, you'll get that money back in the energy that you save by using a programmable thermostat. And you can install it yourself. You probably want to hire your heating system technician. So, Let's take what we just learned, that knowledge, basic knowledge about finding and looking for defects in your house, and let's apply it to a recent inspection, or to review that inspection that I did, and it's in San Francisco. So on the outside, one of the things you can do to see if the structure is okay is to look for corners, inside or outside corners, I like outside corners, and look straight up. Put your nose right on the corner and look up. It should be straight up. If you see that the corner kind of waves around, that could be an indication of a structural settlement that you don't want. And 
when you see a lot of pipes on the outside of the house, um, that could be an indication of something being renovated or in the process of being renovated or something old. So nowadays you don't have drain pipes from the fixtures. Remember we ran water at all the fixtures in the bathrooms? You don't have those pipes on the outside in a cold climate zone especially. And you want to look for where the um, siding, the outside of the house, meets surfaces. And you don't want any gaps. So remember, water needs to shed away from the house exterior and be diverted away from the, the home. Um, when you have a, have a hard surface like a concrete sidewalk up against your house, you want to make sure that everything is sealed up. You don't want water to be trapped where um, one surface meets another. And there are some electrical lines. Electricity is supplied to your house somehow, maybe from underground or above. If it's above, those electrical lines are live. If you touch them, it's fatal. So you don't want those live electric lines near any windows like this one. You open a window there, you can touch those live electrical lines. That's not good. Sometimes there are water faucets on the outside, so you want to turn those hose bibs on, or you stick the hose on, right? Um, and make sure that they all work. This one didn't have a handle. Railings at stairs are important. You want to grab that railing and pull on it. If it comes off, that's no good. So in, um, when you need that handrail to be there because you're falling or someone's falling and needs to grab onto something, you want that to be secured. So feel free to grab onto a railing and make sure it's still attached to the house structure. And don't worry too much about um, hairline cracks, except for if they are indicating maybe some sediment on a step because you don't want, again, someone to trip and fall on stairs. And in the backyard, you want to make sure that there aren't any low-lying areas that could collect rainwater and puddle up right next to the home foundation. You want everything to divert water away. And you don't want dense vegetation to be pushed up against the siding of the house, especially if your house siding is made out of wood. And if you don't know what some boxes, electrical boxes or devices are on the outside, try to find out what they are so that um, everything is working properly and there are no safety hazards. Again, there's another handrail that I found on this house and I wanted to make sure it's properly installed and secure. Try to pull it. One of the things that I find that are missing often are the water catch pans underneath the clothes washer, particularly when the clothes washer is on the first or elevated floors of a house. If there is a leak, you want to catch that water and drain it away by using a safety catch pan underneath the clothes washer appliance. And all receptacles in the laundry need to be protected by that GFCI that we talked about. And the hoses supplying water, hot and cold water, to the clothes washer should be pressure tested, not old black rubber hoses. Replace those. In the kitchen, if you have an island, give it a shake. Just like you tried to wobble your toilet in your bathroom to the side, that island should not move. And we've had cases in the past where an island was installed in the kitchen and it fell and hurt people. Every receptacle 
on a kitchen counter area in the kitchen um, everywhere should be protected by a safety device called a GFCI. Test your heating, um, the heating elements of the stove or oven. Um, this one wasn't ventilated, so we had a gas supplied range, but um, those exhaust gases, they need to be ventilated outside. Turn the dishwasher on and off. If it leaks, well, that could be a gasket issue. And there's the kitchen, hot and cold water at the sink fixture. Maybe there's a spray device, garbage disposal, turn that on. Put your dry hand underneath the trap, the water pipe, the drain pipe, if it's wet, mm, uh, under the hot and cold valves, supply lines, and turn everything on for a while and see if there are any leaks. And turn the oven elements on, don't burn your hand. And a really nice historic feature like this in a renovated um, unit um, is really nice to see. However, be careful, um, be aware that there are some um, materials that had lead content in it. So if this chimney was painted, and it was, and then the paint was peeled off, some of that paint is still on there. And if you have children in the house, um, some of that uh, lead content paint um, lies on the floor as dust, and when children walk around, it gets on their hands and they put it in their mouths. Every bathroom should be ventilated with a fan. If it has a window, great. But in this community, the townhouses are kind of tight one another with one another, and when we open up a bathroom window, the roof, which is accessible from the neighbor, um, the neighbor's roof is there, and uh, somebody could easily just walk right in. <laughs> so it was a bit of a con safety concern that I wanted to bring to my client. And there I am with the leg in the toilet and reaching underneath to see if there are any leaks at the bathroom sink, testing the GFCI receptacle, testing the shower and the tub, and there's the um, high efficiency programmable thermostat that helps you save energy. And all the windows and doors and interior surfaces should be checked. All the window locks should work. The door locks should work as well. And if you see um, a receptacle, wall receptacle with a lot of wires going into it and being plugged in, well, um, it could be a concern. Uh, maybe there aren't enough wall receptacles in the older home. Um, and, or my, maybe there's just a, a use of too many wires and extension cords and open up and close and lock all the doors, interior doors. I like this pocket door here. And make sure your fireplace, whether it's an actual wood-burning fireplace or a gas fireplace or something decorative, make sure it's functioning properly and safely, especially if it has gas applied to it. Have a professional technician um, inspect it and make sure everything is working well in all fireplaces should be inspected and cleaned every year. And if you have a, a really nice fixture in the house, that's great, um, but make sure it's secured and it doesn't um, fall off or if it's bumped, um, it's, it, it can swing and be still safe for everyone. And sometimes you'll find that there are wires on the inside of the home attached to the inside wall area 
and it kind of moves around or maybe it's an extension cord or something, try to find out what it is. Um, if it's a live wire, right, from a plug, and it's plugged into something like a light fixture, that's a concern. If it's a low voltage, maybe a doorbell or security um, wire, that's probably okay. Low voltage is okay. No one's going to get hurt. So it's sometimes difficult to determine what type of wire it is. And interior surfaces, like a crack or a patch in this really nice wooden plank flooring, is really of a no concern to a home inspector. And the trim at the kick area where your toes are um, underneath a kitchen cabinet, let's say, if it's loose, that's pretty minor to fix. So, we learned that every home should be inspected every year. And this advice is really for every homeowner. It should be part of a homeowner's routine maintenance plan. Not every house has a major problem, but some do. And there are many parts of a house that should be inspected prior to purchasing that house to help ensure that it's safe and healthy. Consider contacting your local home inspector by visiting inspectorseek.com. My name is Ben Gramico. I'm from InterNACHI. That's the International Association of Certified Home Inspectors. Thank you.